Welcome to podcast number four, where we are interviewing the most successful entrepreneurs on the planet. And today we have a special guest coming from Covina, California, and she is someone pretty amazing. She is going to be sharing us her story, how she is so great. She is a manager of her Berkshire Hathaway office, as well as an incredible realtor selling tons of houses and doing things differently, doing things better, having the most amazing systems. And she's going to show you exactly how she does it. And today, our special guest is Nicole Davis. I'm blushing already, and we've only just begun. <laughs> it's quite an honor to have her here. She's an incredible woman, entrepreneur, and I'm so excited to hear your story. Thank you for having me. It's I'm, I'm not kidding. It's an honor. Thank it you really so much. is. Um, what can I say? Um, we learn from the best, and we have an obligation to perform based on what we know. Absolutely. So um, uh, I followed you, Dusty, and watched your progression, and it's pretty amazing. Uh, you know, we talked a little bit about lights, camera, action, where that all started with a four-year-old camera. Um, just this idea of picking up what's natural, what's light, what's good and running with it is just, um, I gravitate towards it yes. and I thank you. I, I had to share, you know, I see your talent and, you. uh, I'm impressed and honored and, um, thanks for having me out. Thank you so much. It's, it's all about improving as you go along and we just make it better every time. And that's what this podcast is all about doing things bigger and better. And that's why you're here. Thank you. Because you do things bigger and better. <laughs> I've been accused of that, yes. <laughs> okay, yeah. so Nicole, I know you have a big background doing some Fortune 500 accounting companies. You even went to school to become a, a horse trainer and some sort of other stuff involved with that too. I don't know fully. You even work with doing some of the, some of the, um, I can't even remember now. It was so impressive that I forgot, but you were doing ad work for some other companies as well too for BlackBerry. Yeah. And uh, it's just incredible and i'm looking forward to hearing your story so can you first tell me a little bit about what you did before real estate your background not involving real estate at all many of us kind of come to real estate with uh, without having the foresight of choosing it and i yeah. i had that same road um i am from generations of family business so arriving here was not really a surprise um, although some of the details are very amazing to myself. Um, you mentioned the horse trainer. Uh, I left a small farming town and went to school to be a horse trainer. I went to Cal Poly Pomona. They were the best horse training school around. So I didn't know that. Um, top two, I think, in the country. And wow. um, so I had to go there. And I met my husband and fell in love and um, quickly uh, found out that horse training was not you. Uh, you know too much math again and, <laughs> and to the science was it was just too scientific and although I'm very accustomed to life is on the line um, and this is something I didn't share prior previously um, it, my family business was was um, funeral directors and mm. um, mortuary business and so I'm very familiar with life is always on the line with everything you do and your actions are a vocation um, but at the same time I just um, horse training and the idea was to um, lacking the personal um, as a horse trainer you have to you know live on the road basically and um, your friends are animals and I 
I, I'm a people person, so yeah. um, science, math, no people, it, it just wasn't, just wasn't the right you. mix. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's still always a passion, and it's still always available, and a, you know, a beautiful uh, vocation in itself. Um, to be, I'm very passionate about animals. I did want to plug the um, the pause for pet. Our team has taken on uh, uh, an event at Benelli Park uh, on the 15th of May. So it's pause for pet. It's a pet walk. It's a fundraiser. That sounds amazing. And it, it'll, it'll be a lot of fun, but, um, that's, you know, the vocations and thing that's, that's for a beautiful life, you know, of rewards as you're honoring your vocation. So, um, uh, horse training turned to English and foreign languages. And, uh, out of college, I started working for anesthesiologists doing timing and, um, and it was a group of 80 anesthesiologist and quickly got over the math hurdle and uh, life and death is still in, in yep. at play and, and numbers count. And um, from there, I went to work for a very small startup. I um, went to school at Cal Poly Pomona and Claremont was a close jump. My husband grew up in Claremont and uh, the Claremont, you know, schools are there. It's very rich in education. Uh, a group of Harvey Mudd graduates um, solicited me to come and be their marketing director. And they were just starting out. They were the first um, company to write software for the BlackBerry. So yeah. that evolved in the tech years um, from a startup to doing Wall Street Journal ads and uh, and you know throwing singular parties in Las Vegas and just really getting to know business, who's spending on technology, information, and data in in such a comfortable um, you know cubby of growth in a really neat era. So I picked up a lot of golden gems that I carry with me from those years that that's, you know, how I could pick yeah. up on the, you know, your lights and your, um, not Photoshop, yeah. much more modern tools, but that's, you know, knowing what goes on behind the scene to have a precise image at a precise moment, the same with real estate or any business to be able to be precisely what's needed to move the ball forward is that that exact snapshot that you know used all those tools so um, from there I um, I was laid off uh, I was wow. the tech industry you know really had a um, funds you know cut off as yep. the market changed and um, from there I had decided okay I'm uh, I had had my first son he's now 17 and captain um, of the football team, right? Captain of the football team for the Claremont Wolfpack. That's amazing. And I'm very proud. I don't know if you could tell. I can tell. Uh, yeah. And um, uh, so from there, I was definitely looking for security. Yeah. And um, my uh, I, I jumped basically to my um, the company that uh, owns more land than the government and um, has so many arms. At that time, mortgage was one of them. But uh, Weyerhaeuser, the um, the old timers, um, my grandfather and my father did work for Weyerhaeuser. They pronounced it Weyerhaeuser then, <laughs> um, that old German name. But um, when I jumped, I was jumping for security. They were yeah. such a stable company. And, uh, you know, at a point in history where I was... 
um, I, uh, able to have um, benefits, health benefits for my family for $17 a month, including my kids and my, my parents. Um, they were just such a good, good, stable company. Which was important so to you at the time. At because, that time, that yeah. was the right decision for the rest of life. And, um, of course, in that in those moments, we can't see the road ahead. So yes. um, I worked there. Uh, I started in um, lumber sales. Uh, I, I was hired, you know, at the spur of the moment uh, to be the um, inside sales assistant to the number one sales agent in the country. And that was out of Fontana. And I learned the, you know, rail structure. I learned how to build a truck. I learned how to sell uh, you know, uh, uh, truckloads of lumber, you know, for uh, basically for a sales contest, you know, to see yeah. who would win the most pies at the end of the was day. Was that your first sales job? That was my first sale. Uh, I That's that's a lie. No, <laughs> my first sales job was avoiding um, answering phones at the mortuary on the weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, so the second I was 15 and a half and could get that work permit, I uh, went to a telemarketing job. I was selling newspapers uh, at the only three-story building in town and was so proud to go earn my first paychecks, you know, selling newspapers with a bunch of uh, curmudgeon smoking cigarettes in a yeah. boiler room. And it, it, that really did give me my um, my drive and understanding for get your name on that board, girl, get your name, find out who you can help because somebody needs that newspaper. Yeah. Somebody needs that information. Somebody needs some help. It was the foundation of who you are today. Yeah, it was. A, it's been a beautiful road. I I gotta share that. It, yeah, it, I'm looking uh, forward to hearing that story some yeah. more. And so all of that led you into being obviously who you are today. Build those foundations, made you disciplined, and everything that you do today. Because I know you do business differently. You are very structured, very organized, and you have systems in place that just prevails you for predicting your income and moving forward. Right. And but so, after all of that, I know none of that really had to do much with residential real estate, did it? Right, right. Um, The building industry layoff led to, um, uh, I found out I was having twins about two weeks before the 2008 layoffs. And so um, I knew we were having twins. I told him that before we got married and he didn't believe me, but I knew we were having twins. (laughs) And I did not realize that it meant I would not work for five years until they went to kindergarten. It it just did not register with me. It's its own job in itself. Absolutely. I knew how important it was. I knew how blessed I was, but I did not realize I was interviewing, uh, you know, weeks before I had the twins, um, you know, thinking, and I did not realize the impact that, uh, uh, and how great that market shift was. Um, When, after they were born, the market just didn't come back and um, the jobs weren't there. It wasn't worth the sacrifice for me to try to go back to work. So um, when they were in kindergarten, uh, before they were in kindergarten, as I'm getting my license, the prompt for getting my license was my mom. Uh, There was a loophole at the time um, to use your bachelor's to get the broker's the license. Broker's license yep. mm-hmm. And um, I was blessed. My parents have a number of units. And um, my mom offered the opportunity to be property manager to mm-hmm. me as a way to keep the twins underfoot for, you know, that extra, that extra year that we yep. needed. Mm-hmm. 
And so I did go get the broker's license and um, I quickly found out property management in Inventor at the time was not the right solution to keep my twins in private school. It just yeah. wasn't going to work. Uh, so I opened my eyes through that process to residential real estate and uh, I came back to Claremont and um, I found Bruce Mulhern and I found California Properties uh, really searching for what this road was really going to look like and a yep. little bit of the analytical um, you, forecasting. Um, I could quickly identify in my small town that there were not enough numbers for me to make a dent or feed, you know, feed the twins. Yeah. And um, I am very blessed. My husband is academia and, um, it, but he was wanting to go back to the classroom. He was wanting to focus more on individual class time yeah. instead of the salary. So um, it, it just made sense that my town was not going to be it. I needed bigger resources. I needed, um, I needed much more exposure and much more independence than was possible. And I, I did selectively look for my broker and for my shop, um, knowing the terrain and knowing the possibilities, knowing the independence possible. Well, that's amazing. So the video just got cut off for a second. Uh, we're back again with Nicole Davis, and she was just telling us how she got into residential real estate. And it's quite an interesting story. And it's pretty amazing, you guys. So you found a new broker. You started over a new career as residential real estate. Did you start off selling first, or you went straight into becoming a broker and selling, having people under you? Or what did you do? What was your beginning? Uh, as I was getting the license, I did do a little intern and it was taking uh, a manual um, uh, property management um, broker, taking his handwrite systems to um, to an automated system. Okay. So he had more than 100 units or so. And so I, I got a little bit of a snapshot, but it was more like an internship. It was just enough for me to know that property management wasn't going to be enough margins for, yes. for my end, end game. And um, and so then went straight into residential. Um, I didn't really I didn't understand the difference between broker and agent. Uh, I only I got the broker's agent knowing that at, at some point I wanted to go back to my hometown and, you know, and have more responsibility. But I didn't really understand the, the differences. I understood it was more testing. I understood it was more requirements, more liability, yep. more responsibility. But I didn't really set out to um, put that broker license to use. Um, starting with property management and realizing numbers aren't there, it, it was, okay, well, then it has to be producing agent. Got it. Okay. That's pretty interesting. So with all that said, you have to have something that you do now that being now into real estate, being into real, real estate selling houses and being a manager, but from your background, you learned everything, but what do you use now that makes your daily routine? Like what is, what do you do? daily that makes you so successful? 
we we hear a lot of things across business you mentioned grant cardone and and there are these business coaches out there who aren't really specific to real estate but they are um the same business principles as you know have a certain set you know start time have a schedule ahead look at what you're doing you know the day before um those were a, a little bit intuitive but if you're not in the game for yeah. yourself you kind of it takes a little while to put all those pieces together yeah. So, um, you know, I, I did start with like a podcast. Um, I listened to, um, Tim and Julie Harris on blog talk radio yep. and they reference all the real estate gods, you know, um, Howard Britton and, you know, um, uh, we just had our speaker at the quarterly breakfast was Tommy Hopkins. And so when you start to hear these references as you're trying to propel your own vocation forward, then things start to really click um it, it probably with the twins and only having four hours a day and um my location in Covina I knew that I could do open houses weekday yeah um I, we have enough population um but putting it together you know you've got to have a start plan you've got to have 20 people to call you know before you sit down to make the calls otherwise that's going to take you an hour to gather your call list yeah. um those ideas it's it's been over you know over time where you perfect all that and and i don't didn't start off that way no. definitely not and and it's not at a perfect state that's a beautiful yeah. thing when you have had the opportunity to know our our former broker bruce mullen when you know that it takes many years 50 years sometimes many many years many more years than i'll be able to give to have a perfect seamless snapshot um, of your business. Um, it, it, I know it'll take me forever to perfect. The you can always schedule. improve something. There's always different yeah. ways of changing everything. So, but with that said, you have developed something now that let's jump forward to today. Mm -hmm. So you are the type of person that runs off of systems, correct? I love systems. Um, I'm, I'm not surprisingly, I'm not terribly disciplined. That's my nature, but I have learned that my survival um, requires more discipline. Yes. So I do force myself to do, you know, many, I force myself to carry my calendar around me and stare at it, you know, every half hour. Um, that's, it's not natural. Um, no, I, not. I, uh, I force myself <laughs> to have the call list ahead of time. Um, I force myself every single time I, I hang up and, and it right now it feels like a flaw because I know where it has to go. Um, when you have stories and you have resources as widely as we do to hear that, you know, Vic Kiros has sat with, um, Alan Dom and, and the call is supposed to go seamlessly for four hours on the 15 minute mark where cars calls are passed into you. Um, um, it, you know, my system is you know, far from that, but I know that that's the ideal at the 50 year mark. Um, uh, but you know, the, I, one of my flaws is I feel from the old call center days, I skipped one job in there. I was telemarketing call center manager. Um, and I got very used to inputting, you know, as many words as I could into the call notes. Collecting data. Mm -hmm. So, um, the, I, I, I use Realty Juggler. It's just a cheaper version of Realvolve. And yeah. I've gone through all of them and I know I don't need bells and whistles right now. I know I just need consistent 
consistent discipline to get what I need in there. So to as I hang up, I want to make sure that I capture everything. It feels a little bit like a flaw because I can't execute those 25 calls in, you know, in the 15 minutes that I want it to take. It really does take me the full hour. Um, uh, but it, it's extremely imperative for me right now to remember um, Kay's name, you know, yeah. to remember all the data that I can pull that's going to give me that connection for that really tough moment when you got to call a seller and explain that, you know, a listing agent, or I'm sorry, a buyer's agent just lost the key and um, don't worry about it. I've got, you know, an extra key because that's my systems. I take four copies of the keys every time and I've got them in my office and I'm going to run right out there. But I want you to know if you, you know, that might come back in the feedback for the showing that that is going to be 10 minutes late because I'm still running the second key out there. And you might find the key in the carpet because the agent said they lost it inside the house. So um, to be prepared for that snap moment um, you, you have to do the things that take the extra time now. Yes, I agree hundred percent. So basically all this came from probably trial and error over the years. Yeah. So maybe someone lost a key and then you didn't have any keys left or something that made you do four keys now, Absolutely. which is smart. Always being prepared for every situation. I think I do that too. Not everything, but I try to always prepare for everything I do, which I see that that's what you do too. And that's probably what makes you. So the great. attempt, but it'll take yeah. me forever. <laughs> and with that, um, is there something that you do to keep in touch? Because let's say you meet a client or meet a lead at an open house or something out in the world, and they tell you they want to buy in a year or two. How do you stay in touch? What is your system to follow up with them? Because obviously they don't want to do something right now, so you might forget in a year. Do you? It's all in that data that you're taking notes, right? Um, I've had many through trial and error where I didn't make the connection soon enough. So I like from an open house, from any lead, there are a couple things that I do before I'll do anything else, before I close shop, basically, before at the open house, before the four o'clock mark hits and I shut my laptop down, I know that I'm on mom the second I step in my car. Um, so I know that before I shut my laptop down, I've got to send the thank you. I've got to get them into my Realty Juggler and I've got to set up an auto searcher. I've got to set some systems up that are going to happen a little more automatically. So I always do those first critical steps before I'll shut down. Uh, we work for a phenomenal, uh, you know, um, brokerage and, um, Berkshire has a lot of tools. So I've really dug in on the drips. Um, and so I, I do use the drip system, uh, that that's available to us without many times without really thinking about messaging, having marketing background. One of my weaknesses, is I really want to study the message. I really want to personalize and craft the message every single time, mm -hmm. but I know that I won't hit all my marks if I really do that. If I know they're not going to do anything for a year and they really just need to see my name flash in front of them, if just I a really, touch. yeah, yeah, yeah. it's it. Um, I, I I'm still perfecting. Don't hold on to it. You have to let it. You have to send it out to let it grow. Absolutely. So that's part of your marketing strategy is put them on that drip system, let them see your touch. But how do you bring in new business? Um, my, I following the, you know, Tim and Julie Harris and, you know, these trusted systems before us, 
I focus on trying to have seven different prospecting methods. So I do open houses regularly and, um, and I, I focus on a pretty wide geography. Um, I do the farmer's market in downtown West Covina. Um, I have a lot of direct mail that goes into um, the lakes, which are luxury um, apartments. Yep. And they're, they happen to be right in front of the farmer's market. So those are kind of like two stones for one. They're seeing my message. That's where I'm giving out Gabby's bags and they're seeing, they're seeing a, a give. They're seeing consistency, and then they're seeing it in in multiple layers through, you know. And I focus my open houses around there. Yeah. Uh, and then so they um, constantly see you everywhere they're yeah, going. Yeah, it's that idea of how you can be in your in your panorama, you know, in three different places at the same snapshot. You bringing up that panoramic picture, um, just so that listeners know, I have a picture on my desk of myself in three different locations, and Nicole and I were talking about it earlier, and just the fact that you brought it up right now just shows that you've been listening, you observe everything, cool. and I could see how that could be towards your advantage, dealing with customers, clients, and just that little extra touch, the little effort that you put in, it's just, it shows, and that's probably why you're so successful, I believe. Thank right. you. Thank you. And uh, so, Nicole, it's been amazing having you here. I have one last question before we open it to the audience. And it's just about you, uh, you yourself. Like, what What do you think it is in your mind, the way that you were raised or your background, whatever it is that makes you who you are today? Is it your mind, your mindset and all of that? I I have, I think it's the Catholic idea that, um, that what you do, that your life is supposed to be a vocation at the end. I'm supposed to put all of my works on the top of the altar and, and hope and pray that it amounts to something worthwhile. And, um, and I look for that in every moment. I look for how this is going to help someone else's vocation, how this action is going to amount to so much more. So I, I, I think that's really what it is. Um, then when you couple that vocation with a, a bigger dream what those bigger dreams are um, my bigger dreams are tied to homeless and education and tying the two together and when you just accept your your burden your vocation and try to make it something good it's that idea that um, that really gets us through every single tough conversation because I, I when I sit with recruits when I sit with new agents who really just only have the glimmer in their eye of how beautiful the Maserati is going to look in their, in the, you know, in their driveway. Um, I, I have to tell them the reality at the same time. I, I have to let them know that they're now my vocation to, to bring them yeah. along, but let's be real. Let's get really committed and let's make sure it's the right thing to do. So, um, I, I, I think it's really just having those natural, um, tendencies to get in touch with, how to make this moment more valuable for that final moment. That's amazing. Well, thank you so much, Nicole. You have been an amazing guest. Your story is so interesting and it just shows how hard of a worker you are. Just everything that you put into all the thought that goes into it. It's incredible. So thank you so much, Nicole. Thank you. So this has been podcast number four here at Property Cousins HQ. We're about to open the questions to the audience. So we're going to pass around the microphone just to see what people have questions for Nicole Davis because she's so, so amazing. So my question is because I know part of being an entrepreneur, it's also managing as you do. 
and as I'm starting to do here as well. So when you're talking about hiring and new agents and all of that, what are the qualities that you're looking for um, that, you know, work for you in your office that you're like, okay, this is, you know, this is what we stand for. That's why we're hiring this person. Um, on recruiting criteria, uh, we are, I really, I'm, I'm relatively new at it too. It's been maybe six months. And, uh, so I'm perfecting what, what that, what that glimmer is and, and how to determine when it's going to amount to more. Um, but I, I focus on the commitment to the word because it, it, it does all start with a word and then it turns into actions. Um, so that's where I focus. And, um, and then, uh, you know, coupled with the glimmer, coupled with um, some practical realism uh, and then motivation. You know, it, it's almost like the same things we would do to pre-qualify a buyer or a seller. Uh, we know that um, when the CMA says, when the comparable report says 800,000 and they're talking a million, we know that there's a discord somewhere and we're going to have to be able to get over that discord together in order to make anything work. So it's looking at motivation. I look strongly at motivation. It's looking at the pie in the sky, square in the face and sharing with it, you know, that it's going to look a little more realistic like, like this. Mm -hmm. And I, I share with, um, with recruits, I didn't close my first transaction until after a year after I had my license, after a year of, you know, trying wow. four hours a day. Um, so it's going to take that determination. It's going to take that kind of um, focus, you know, um, patience and, and the patience and really being able to absorb and process that much um, of putting your hope out there and not seeing the return. Um, so endurance, um, but, but it's just, it's, it, it's exactly the same thing as looking at a, a prospect in any business. It's just being able to put it right. all together. Makes sense. Thank you. Thank you so much. So we have another question coming in. Hi, Nicole. I do have a question for you. Um, since, um, the last transactions, I do have some problems with the listing agents. Um, the problem is, you know, when I was trained in the like a process manner, but you know the other agents doesn't feel like that. So she criticized me about uh, when I doing the transaction. This is an orthodox manner, so I'm not sure what did I do wrong in in order to coordinate with the listing agent. This is my dilemma because I thought I did everything right. How come when I do it this way and then the um, the listing agent says I'm not doing the right way? It seems like I'm not going along with with her or him. Mm. I like that one a lot because it, it touches on something that I didn't I didn't get to bring up. And it's something that I use all the time. It's something that our broker um, supports and, and offers a lot of education on. Um, uh, my husband, he teaches organizational leadership and NLP, neuralistic linguistic, um, neurolinguistic programming. And the language around that is something that I, I use a lot. So when I've had a little bit of discord, when and this is with 
you know, other agents on the other side. It's with, um, you know, it's even internal with my team. It's even with um, clients and, and prospects. Anytime there is like that no shutdown, I, I look very closely at the yeses and the noes. I, it's something about having twins. I turn everything into a binary. Um, you know, for the first three years, everything was, it's either a fire or it can wait. So I, I do that. I, sh I turn everything into a binary. It's either yes or it's no. It's either fire or it's, it, you know, it can wait. And um, so in that case, when, I'm, when I've got the no shutdown, I go straight to my softening and I'm going to use my NLP and I'm going to say, you know, anything that starts with, I'm just curious that just immediately softens the, I'm going to tell you something you don't want at the end of this. And so I, I would go straight to one of my softening questions. You know, I'm curious, was there, and then you, you know, you want to not use the open-ended where it can just end in another no. You want to just open it up to a yes, like I'll think about this. Yes, I'll give you something. So with that, in that scenario, I would just go straight to, you know, I'm curious, was there anything you think that I could have done better? Were there any examples you could have given me that would support that? And, I, you know, I, I just try to break everything down into, okay, we got the no shut down. How can I open it up over to a yes, now we're talking? Um, that So I would encourage you to look at NLP and like practice little tricks with kids with anybody who gives you the no, you know, with the parking attendant at the, you know, anywhere there's a no, just practice that NLP stuff so you can open it up. And then you'll get really good at opening up the no and finding out what you need to find out where the yeses are. Wow. Thank you. Thank you so much. Hello, Nicole. Hi, Kate. I'm interested in your uh, in your drip system, um, and what kind of how what, a couple of things. How often, and um, what system are you using that that you found most successful? Uh, um, how often? Those are things I still play with. Um, we where the tools come from um, through our through our brokerage. We have on the resource center. We do actually have a, a lot of great drips. We've got a lot of different topics. Um, so you have uh, the seller considering on the fence for a year. Uh, you know, to where you can do you know one a week. Um, they do offer timelines. Honestly, I don't think about that stuff. I. I, um, I just at for those drips the drips are for my C category uh, you know type clients so you you have your A's where it seems like they're going to do something in the first 30 days where you can tell something's going to take off quick and you'll know really quickly whether this is an A or not you have your B's which are you know 30 to 60 90 days out where okay this is going to take you know the certain standard prep but it's probably going somewhere quick there's some motivation there um, something is going to happen. Um, and then the C category is who knows, who knows, but I want to stay in there. And so I, I just, I don't think about the timeline. There are a lot of automatic things in there. Um, our drips, there are probably 15 to 20 good drips in there and they're on multiple topics. 
And so um, I will just set those up. I'll take a look at those once a month. Um, and then when I see that people have dropped off, you know, I'll let it sit. I'll, then I'll put them on a hot list, call them up again, um, and then I'll put them on another drip. So I'm trying to always gather information in between each break. Okay, do, are they really in the C category? Are they starting to move up to a B? And then we're going to do, okay, then maybe they need to come off of a drip and maybe that needs to be... Um, I don't ever let anyone go. My, my database is, you know, um, scary large from gathering names and numbers for, you know, a few years. Um, and then it's my burden to just weed through them and figure them out and figure if they just need more drip or if they need more attention. Yeah, you're Thank welcome. you so much, Nicole. That's amazing. So we have one last question coming from one of our other audience members. And uh, so let me turn the mic over to her. Hi, Nicole. My name is Brittany, and I have a question. As a semi-new agent, do you think it's imperative to have a coach or mentor and or maybe a coach more specifically? And when do you think is a good time to actually make that move to hire one or work with one? You know, someone who has like uh, not a tight budget, but, you know, money's not really, you know, not coming in, but like. It's, we, I'd be yeah. conscious about that. I, it's a very, very good question. Mm -hmm. With any investment that we make in our business, we mm -hmm. do want to be very cautious. Mm -hmm. um, the our, our time is finite, and with one wrong move, um, you know, it could be very, very costly, and it's going to be a hurdle to recover from mm -hmm. if it's not the right move. So I completely understand where that's coming from. Uh, as a mom of twins, I, I have that dilemma at every turn. And um, I think in those terms at every at every turn, and any business owner should think in those terms. Um, we want to do healthy experiments. Uh, I'm I'm very blessed. I've been exposed to through my Kavina office. We have a mentor program, so we bring new agents in with a mentor, and I've taken advantage of that and absolutely loved every part of that. It was worth every penny. It's an investment of both parties. And if we think of all of our business choices as investments on both parties, uh, you know, whether it's, um, you know, a, a marketer who wants to do all my social media marketing, you know, whether it's ads, whether it's, um, you know, whether it's hardline systems and tools into technology or um, no matter what it is, coaching, it, I look at it very much the same. Um, it's an investment of both parties. And um, I, I have gone through coaching and I, I do recommend it highly. And I have great names and resources for you. Um, I was brought in under the model in Kavina under, you know, um, over, um, you know, under promise, over deliver. And um, we, we want to really spend as little as possible because it is an investment of a career um, to move forward in real estate. And, and so we don't want to have this be a waste at the end. Mm -hmm we want to make absolutely sure that it's not a waste, that it's not a zero balance at the end. Mm -hmm. it, it has to be enriching for all in order to endure this and in order to really propel our clients forward and really care about their legacy, their real estate legacy, along with their family through families' lives, you know, through generations. So, um, you know, every decision from the small paperclip decision or should I get the binders all the way to coaching, which is a major 
major, major investment, um, you know, should be evaluated in the same light. Um, you'll know when you're ready. It would be my guidance. Um, and, and my guidance would also be um, build the relationships that are fostering you as much at the same time so that you can do small, um, you know, small investments, small experiments of whether you benefit from it or not, um, or whether it is a waste. So, um, you know, I, I started with every free phone call from every coach out, you know, that, that um, you know, telemarkets every agent with a new license. Yeah. Um, and, and that was enough information for me to realize ooh, they do know more than me they really do have something to offer they can help they've really they've been here um so i i do i coach um with uh debbie DeGro, my coach is victor vaca and um to realize that uh you know he's coached um large mortgage corporations who have lots of um you know commercial time still today and he developed systems for them um, he can get me a little farther than I can get myself um, to realize that uh, that if I'm not doing the homework, if I'm not putting the investment of listening, it's it's going to be for waste or, you know, and, and it, that free phone call with the the, you know, with the telemarketing, you know, I'll give you let's put together your business plan. If I'm not going to do anything with it, it's not going to be worth anything. So um, we have to be willing to invest as much time and energy into making it work and doing the homework as we do the dollars in making the sacrifice right now. Um, but at the same time, my Kavina mentor model we have the resources right around us in the relationships that we already have. Um, that it, most of my business was about 60% open house. And I didn't realize until my second, third year, I didn't think I was going to have the, the topic of referral or sphere of influence. You know, I, I didn't grow up here. I, um, I don't really know anybody. Yeah. But surprisingly, 35% of my business last year was a sphere of influence and referrals. So those are aspects that, you know, there are aspects that um, by just tracking you might be able to figure out without some heavy duty coaching. Mm -hmm. You might be able to figure some of those hurdles out and how to jump over them um, by just really tapping into what's already around you. Your peers, your colleagues, you know, um, we have a very collaborative spirit in our office. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, you can walk in the door and hear agents talking about um, how they overcame that hurdle yesterday in that transaction. And when you, when you are in the right environment, you're going to know it. When right. you find the right coach, you're going to know it. When you find the right tool, you're going to just be so jazzed to, to invest in it. And you just want to make sure there's small increments so that, um, so that you're testing them out. Right. Well, Thank you very much for that. Yeah, I'm excited for you. I can't wait. <laughs> Thank you so much, Nicole Davis, and to our audience here for your amazing questions to Nicole. It has been quite an honor. One last thing, Nicole. can Is there anything that you want to leave the audience with, some little tip that would just change change their lives? That's a big burden, too. <laughs> oh, good Lord. Um, uh I can't emphasize how everything is a prayer. Like every person I meet is a prayer. It's been a, a true honor to sit with you, Dusty, and the awesome live team with great questions. Um, it, it just enhances where we're all going together. 
I love the idea of the podcast of taking something real today, um, just being open and organic enough to share it, but still having the, you know, the professional touch of we're going somewhere major with focusing on entrepreneurialism. I love the moment in California and in the country really where we can make this entrepreneurial spirit so easily accessible to those that want it. Um, That's just, that's, I'll end on a prayer note that we keep that focus together and help all the families we can help through real estate. Thank you so much, Nicole. You have been amazing. This has been podcast number four here at Property Cousin HQ. Make sure to subscribe. Look for us on all platforms. We're available on YouTube as well, too, if you want to watch this video, Facebook, Instagram. And I'll also tag Nicole as well, too, so you can make sure to follow her. Thanks. So thanks so much. Love it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks so much. Uh, yeah, you're very good at what you do. This is awesome.